Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears. Multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. I'm there for the pack out. You just got to pack me in. Committed to the bow early on. Like, I love getting close and putting up. You cover a range of stuff on here, too, right? Like, we call this the uh, the THP World Headquarters. You know, my grandpa Roy Weatherby. I came into, like, that golden little pocket where there was, like, four or five different bowls. Just... You're Canadian? We're doing yeah, a Canadian I... podcast? My name's Douglas Stoke. I'm Robbie Denning. World Canada. I've been uh, I've been getting better at editing these things too. So if it gets a little scratchy or fuzzy, it's all good. But uh, awesome. I see behind you you got uh, my favorite critter on the planet, some mule deer. Absolutely, my favorite. So maybe uh, right for the get go, because we haven't had you on the show already, Steve. Maybe just do give yourself a a quick introduction and just uh, and then we'll dive into mule deer. We'll get into kind of you know when your infatuation for mule deer started and stuff like that. But just right off the get go, just just plug yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my name's Steve Rogers. I'm kind of born and raised in Kamloops here. Um, actually grew up in the coast, moved to Kamloops. Um, kind of started hunting a little later in my life. I kind of went hunting with my uncles when I was probably 14, 15. I got my first introduction to cruising around the logging roads in BC, kind of how most guys get started. Yeah, when I was about 18, 19, I kind of got my core and my picked up my hunting my uh, firearms license, and me and my buddy went out and kind of learned all by ourselves. So and uh, awesome. I kind of like to think I kind of I've evolved as a hunter. Started off kind of looking for anything with bone, fill the freezer up, and uh, yeah, kind of evolved from there. You and I connected because uh, your Instagram's muley crazies, and you know I'm a bit of a muley nut myself. My so my so you know I know the people listening right to here today they they've heard this story a million times. But you know I I grew up in the northern part of the province, so. I didn't really get, you know, we had blacktail up there and spent a lot of time on the Charlottes or Haida Gwaii now, I guess. But um, so chased blacktail a lot, um, you know, moosehead and all that stuff. But then when I moved down here, you know, for the first time, I, I you start, you know, you get in the back country and you start getting a chance to watch and, and see a lot more. And, and the opportunity to hunt mule deer, I just definitely, I just fell in love with, you know, not the the bigger class mule deer is definitely um what i like to chase um you know at the beginning definitely you know i think my first one was a, just a four four by two i got but uh, i was yep. happier than the pig and shit to get that guy but um yeah and then just kind of grew the same as you just kind of grew into into loving loving the mule deer yeah kind of same thing yeah i uh 
right, right off the bat, mule deer have always kind of been my passion. Grew up in Kamloops, that's kind of our number one uh, critter around here, right? Of course, got yeah. moose and whitetail and all kinds of other animals, but muleys kind of started it all. And I've uh, slowly kind of, you know, reached out to goat and elk and all the other fun critters, you know, more adventures across the province. But muleys are definitely my uh, my number one. They get all my attention. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, no doubt. So how did it start for you? Like when you started hunting mule deer, obviously, I'm sure you're the same as me. You said you started a little later and like you said, you're putting meat in the freezer, but then it grew into more like it evolved into more of a bone hunter, so to speak. Yep. How was that evolution? Like, did you struggle at first? Cause I know I did. I, I know from when I went to becoming like just happier and, you know, just happy to cut that mule deer tag for the first time to actually getting into you know looking for and targeting big muley bucks man it 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 was something else it was tough oh yeah absolutely so and i i, I had kind of a halfway transition so i'd go i'd wait till october i go in october and there's deer everywhere back in the day around camels you hit a logging block in the first light you go sit in the dark it come out you got you know five five to ten bucks bunch of does and you can watch them anywhere you around here you can find a buck and so i get out shoot a buck the first week of october and then i'd be done so I'm like, okay, well, this is getting kind of easy. Let's go and look for some four points. So I go in the summer and scout a bit. And then the same about three years in a row, about eight years into my hunting career, I'd shoot a buck on opening weekend, a four point, you know, like a 120 class box up with some bone and get excited. But then same story, hunting season's over, first weekend. And I got two months now and I'm playing guide and chasing whiteies or whatever else, right? Yeah. And then I, I back in the day, you'd go around hunting videos and get magazines and I'd see all these huge bucks. And then I'm like, you know what? And like, I, I got to hold out. <laughs> they're they're yeah. out there. And I'd see them. I'd see, you know, I got stories from my first few years where I'd see, you know, some huge bucks, you know, bump a road or something. I'm like, oh, they're gone. Keep driving, go look for the next deer kind of thing, right? And uh, yeah, no, I realized if I put a little bit of time in and, you know, held out, I could, you know, get on some bigger deer and with a little bit of research and effort. And it's getting harder than it used to be, but yeah, they're out there. It definitely is. I feel in the last couple of years, it's gotten since everybody's wanted you know like the grip and grin instagram yeah. since that all became really you know really famous it, i found that it's definitely harder to find those big ones and like even i remember like myself going into the backcountry and like for the first couple you know for the first while you kind of had it all to yourself but then you know as things progress gear gets better guys start watching youtube video all of, all of a sudden those places you hadn't held to yourself they're not you don't get them all to yourself anymore. You got her. They're few and far between. We 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 found some little holes. Definitely can still find them in the problem, but it's tough. Yeah, you're like you're right. They're they're everywhere, anywhere, and someone, and especially nowadays with all the uh, um, with the internet and stuff. Someone posts a picture, and someone leaves one location on. That's it. That area is. Uh, oh yeah, it's it yeah. hard. Yeah, and, and especially you know like accessibility with all these online maps and stuff. You know like Onyx and and everything yeah. else. Man, it definitely makes things. It definitely makes things easier for scouting, e-scouting and stuff. I don't know if you yeah. dive into a lot of e-scouting, but um, it's funny you you've, you talked about holding out there. And that's the biggest thing I found was like moving from like going from like, a, like you said, you know, 120, 140 to get into those to those bigger bucks is holding out for that, you know, because it's still you see a nice four by four. And you're like, man, that's a good looking buck, right? Like, you know, yep. and muleys are notorious too. Cause like when you see a, a muley, they always look big. Like when they're oh, sitting yeah. in the skyline, they got some light on them. You're like, man, that's a good big buck. Right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, it definitely, it definitely, I, I found 
thinking back, like that was the biggest, the hardest part was not pulling the trigger on those, you know, the, the small to mid size in order to yep. wait for a bigger one. hundred percent. And then the other side of it too, is sometimes it's the, the situation you get a, you know, and I always use like a 130, 140 class as an example. That's when they just mm-hmm. start to get a little bit of frame on them. Um, you get a buck walking away from you, you get them end of October, early November, their bodies are swelled up, man, do they look impressive. They just, yeah. they get your blood going. <laughs> you gotta just, you gotta hold back and just try to try not to go. I'm a, I'm a pretty excitable guy. I get buck fever. Uh, my buddies call me Steven kind of because I spaz. They call me Steven. It is, I, I lose it. I, I, I'll never lose it, I don't think. I, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, but I, I've definitely shot some bucks that I probably, you know, on another day may not have shot, you know, yeah. if I had a little more time to relax and kind of just, okay, I'm going to let this guy go. Yeah. But um, but for the most part, I'm, I'm, I'm getting better with it. You know, it's uh, ready to control myself and just take that even 20, 30 seconds. It's that first initial catch your breath. Yeah. Just take it in. Enjoy what you're looking at and then make a decision on what you want to do, right? So. Yeah, it's tough. It's you definitely like you said, you got to get over that initial first like, okay, that's a, that's a good buck and then just give it time be like, okay, well here. Let me let yeah. me have another look. Let him move his head a bit. Let's look from yeah. another angle cuz you know, some angles doesn't matter what he is, they all look big. That's yep. the thing about mule deer, so yeah, that's funny. So, how much summer scouting do you do? So, I do quite a bit. I'm I, I I started shed hunting 10 years ago. That was the start. That was kind of where I went. Okay. I can get out in the spring, you know, March and April. Um, and that's when it begins. So if, you know, I'm March, I'm March till December now, that's my hunting season. And, um, yeah, I get out in the spring, do a lot of shed hunting. Um, and then now with my trail cams, my trail cams kind of go hand in hand. A lot of my cameras are in the same areas my, where I do my shed hunting. Um, and that's it. That's like a full-time scouting job now. Like I got, we got 30 cameras out. A lot of our cameras are, you know, some of them are close to the road. Some of them are, you know, three to 10 kilometers in. So when you get all the cameras set, it takes two, three months. And then you need two, three months to go back and check them. So you got yeah. a six month scouting season, right? So yeah. Um, but it's, it, it's worth it. I, my three biggest deer in the last five years, I either had on camera or saw scouting. So oh, is that right? Well, wow. yeah. So, and that's, you know, it's, it's kind of what we call it the quan to be able to find yeah. something and then go find it again. So to have that's yeah. pretty, it's pretty rewarding. They are all, uh, pretty hard hunts, but, um, but yeah, they're memorable, right? So, yeah, absolutely. And, and it, I find too, like running t- well, I mean like trail camera use in general, I mean like 10 years ago, man, like. You know, like the trail cameras were like, I don't even remember if there were, were trail cameras back then. If there was, they're probably, you know, the size of a telephone booth. But well, they were, yeah, double, double, yeah, those D batteries that would last a week. So they were, you weren't leaving cameras out for, for months, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, are you, so you find like, you're, are you able to pattern those mulers? You mentioned you get them on, you've been getting them on. So you get a good buck on your trail camera early. Yep. You're able to pat, like, pattern them consistently well this is where it's it's been tough i I, we've never been great on on patterning we find um the most pattern mule deer we've got is every two to three weeks we'll get a deer and so we use we like using the uh the water softener salt seems to be a game changer for us and i find all it does it creates a good lick um and just makes them stand by the camera longer so they're not just going to walk by one you know they're going to sit there for you know five ten minutes have a sniff have a lick kind of give you a few pictures um but yeah they're you know once a month once twice a month they'll show up um and for us they disappear usually in august they kind of disappear off our cameras and we used to get worried and thought they were they were leaving but then we get them on camera november december through the winter so so kind of the areas you've been hunting been not not so much transitional they're kind of hanging out around that um 1400 meters kind of thing yeah 
Yeah. And they're pretty habitual. It's pretty neat to have an animal that's we're hunting that's not leaving. So you don't have to, you know, watch mm-hmm. the season and catch them early or late. They kind of just live there. So it's been a been kind of a neat, neat way to hunt the last couple of years. So yeah, you definitely I imagine you probably learn a lot about I'll learn a lot about specific mule deer, but just mule deer in general when you're running that that many cameras. Like I, I run a fair amount of cameras, but I'm not running them. You know, I run a lot I run some cameras for elk. I have whitetail bear. Bears tough yeah. one. They, those bears, they they get on your camera. They like to eat the shit out of it. Oh, I've lost a lot of cameras to bears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Those critters are pretty destructive. Um, but yeah, I found like I, you know, getting a, a mule deer on camera, you maybe get them once or twice, but that's it. And like I, I've had, you know, I've gone up there in the snow and I've been like, man, like you're tracking, like you can tell there's a mule deer, but he just for some reason he he doesn't want to walk in front of the camera. He just wants oh, yeah. to walk behind the camera. You're like, you dirty dog. Like, I wonder <laughs> who that is. You almost need two cameras, one face in each direction. It's almost like they yeah. know. Oh, they know for sure. And and, and that's the other thing we're learning too, is that um, you can put four cameras within, you know, 500 yards of each other and they all get different deer. It's bizarre. So, so you don't really capture, get a true idea of what's on a mountain when you have your cameras. You're just getting a glimpse. So it's and we've learned not to get discouraged as well. You put a camera up with high hope to get nothing on there. But that same mountain, when you're out looking at it, you're seeing bucks. So they're there. Yeah. They're just not finding your camera for whatever reason. They don't like the placement or. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. So yeah. do you, so I, I know we were talking before and you're heading out for uh, you're heading out for a hunt here pretty quick. eh? Yeah. Yeah. I got just four, four quick days off here uh, just to do some local hunting. And then I got seven days off coming up uh, next week. So. Right. So when you're hunting deer like this is, I guess, I guess you're, you're targeting the rut. That's your. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. let's talk a little bit about uh your your like your rut hunt. So you're obviously you're getting out, you're getting high, you're glassing. Kind of what what area what sort of topography you're looking at, what kind of hills you look hillsides you're looking for, or are you just, you know, you're just going out covering as much ground as you can? Yeah, we kind of got a mixed bag of hunting we do. So I I like um open country. Um I really like hunting the burns. It's becoming a little too little too popular nowadays. Um yeah, and there's, there's, lots, of, there's yeah. lots of them. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. So and and not, not every burn's great. Some of these burns that take all the vegetation on, they open them up and they the animals move on. But there's some pretty good hunting in the burns where you can sit all day in glass deer. Um, and right. let your glass do the work rather than your legs. Um, so I like to do a lot of that. Um, we've just really been pounding timbers actually the last three or four years. And it's um, a lot harder hunting. I, I, it's definitely different. I, you know, we'll spend three or four days on a ton of timber range and we'll, we'll see a handful of deer. That's it. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's, it's discouraging. It's hard mentally when you're used to going out and seeing, you know, 20, 30, even a hundred deer, you know, in yeah. a good area in a day. Um, so I like to, I like to mix it up. You know, I'll go two or three days timber hunting. I'm like, I need I need some action. So I go to some of my spots where I know I'm going to be seeing young bucks and and deer and uh-huh. and during the rut, I, you know, there there's big bucks. I believe on every mountain. That's my my honest belief. I think every every mountain's got a king of the mountain somewhere. It's just whether or not you get to connect on them and and get lucky. Yeah. Right. And November is the best time to make it happen. So yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I find the the best time like. You know, I spent a lot of time when I, when I was strictly rifle hunting, um, you know, I was, a, you, I'd get into a lot different places now that I just bow hunt. I was getting into like the lot of the higher elevation stuff early on. And I, you know, you get them to that high Alpine and places, you know, if they got steep grade, north facing slopes, some water vegetation, you know, they kind of, those are all the ingredients that it has that they need. So it's only a matter of time till you're going to, 
you're going to come across one, but that's, you know, that's, it's a tough game playing that game. It's a lot of glassing. It's a lot of sitting. It's a lot of waiting. And man, I remember being up for up in some of those mountaintops for four or five days, just hoping a buck was going to cross into a, you know, a small clearing and it just never happened. But man, it's a nice one. It does. Now I find, you know, I'm hunting more of this, like the Valley bucks and the bottom bucks just because I'm hunting with a bow. So I don't spend as much time, definitely not as much time as I used to getting into that thick timber. Um, just because with a bow, I mean, even shooting and that stuff, it's it's just hard to find a lane. It is, it is tough. Even even a rifle, never mind a bow. So it's I have, I have my hats off to you guys bow hunting <laughs> both mule leaves because and some guys are so good at it. I, I don't get it. Some guys can, you know, I got I got a few guys I know that bow hunt muleys and they do pretty good. And uh and I, I get close to them, but you know, to be consistent with a bow is pretty it's pretty impressive. So what type of things are you looking for when you're hunting like you're hunting in this in this uh I guess the sticker stuff? What type of what type of trees, what type, you know, are you, are you looking for deciduous stuff, looking for a lot of grassy area? Yeah, absolutely. So and what, what I'm finding that I've that I've been learning, you know, in my uh in my years of hunting is that every area is different. You know, I'll I'll learn an area and think I have mule deer figured out. Mm-hmm. And I go to a new area, I'm like, this is it. You know, Fred Bear had a quote. He's like, go where the deer are, not where you want them to be. Right. Yeah. So we're right now, you get these big open fur timbers and they're beauty. And you go in there, I'll see a handful of does, um, but no buck sign. And then I get into this, these timber ridges that are just full of dead, full of gross. And they're full of sheds. There's bucks everywhere. And they're living in that because they hear you coming. Yeah. Right. They can hear you coming. They're bedded. They bed down in there. And uh, it's, it's been, it's been tough. Like we're, we get these deer in our cameras and of, um, probably the five biggest deer we have in our cameras they've been consistent we've never ever laid eyes on one of them so never seen them on the hoof just in the camera never, just yeah. on cameras so and we're uh but they're they're worth chasing we got a couple we got a couple big deer out that were at home man <laughs> if, we can, if we can get that picture it's it's going to be uh yeah it's going to be well worth the the work we've put in over the last three or four years so yeah for sure so how long like you see a buck if you see a good buck is that going to be your target buck for the year like on your camera or are you just yeah. You're still doing the same thing. You're just covering ground, just hoping to see it on the hoof. Well, and this is the mental game. So, you know, you get one good buck on camera. We had one last year. Um, he showed up once and he showed up early. He was not finished growing. Um, you know, he had probably 14 countable points. Like this is, this is a big buck. And yeah. he showed up once and he's going, and we was pretty much pretty sure he was headed up to the high country. So we're like, what do we do? Where is he? Was he moving through? Is he, you know, so we went up top, looked for him and we spent a lot of time last year and we just, we didn't see anything. We didn't even see any game. So we don't know if that deer was just, he could have moved from miles away and just was passing through. Right. So it's tough as far as trail camming goes, you get one picture, you know, it's hard to go want to chase, to want to chase that deer, not knowing if he's sticking around. Right. Yeah. Just off one picture. It's definitely tough. That's why I find running trail cameras, trying to figure mule deer out. I mean, but you know, that's kind of the lure to mule deer is they're just so cagey and just so like they're unpredictable that, you know, that that's one of the things I love about chasing them. But I know up in your region there, man, you guys get some, you guys get some toads up there. So. Oh yeah. And we've, you know, we got some stories over the last 10 years, just, um, the, the ones that got away kind of thing. Right. Um, and they've, they're all November. There's that we've seen, we've seen a couple of early season bucks that got away, but, um, it's that late season. You see, you see, you see if I'm working a ridge and you're like, did you just see what I just saw? And yeah. then that's it. You know, all of a sudden for the next week, we drop everything. It's like a new area we've never been to. We just went for a cruise. You see something on a ridge line and then you're hunting them. That's the rut. That's exciting. Cause yeah. it just, Either yeah. these deer come out of the woodworks that are you know living their timbers their whole lives and just that rod hits the ladies get moving and they're they're out 
Yeah, no doubt. So, and that's why I, I do mix it up. You know, we'll, we'll chase these big bucks. We'll spend, you know, four or five days chasing deer. And then, like, you know, we need to mix it up. We need to go get some action and go on a different mountain. And uh, sometimes that's the game changer. You go mix it up and that's, you end up running into something big and. Yeah. No do. Happens, right? do you guys focus on does when you're, if you're, if you're just cruising out, I know a lot of guys, you know, they're like, well, I, you know, I, I'm seeing a lot of does, but I'm just not seeing the bucks. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We, we, we definitely target does. We look for does for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but we get the same thing. We'll get down low and we'll see does and two points and like, where's, you know, the, where's the big bucks. And then we, when we see that we try to go high. And what I, we find is that when you do go really high in those cases, you usually get on some more deer and there's usually yeah. some does up top. Um, and then the bigger bucks, there's just no reason for them to drop if they got something up top. Right. Yeah. If there's um, something cruising around. And I we, think that's, that, you know, that's one of the things that everybody sees and everybody's like, man there's just no no big bucks around anymore because you're seeing all these does down low but you got to remember that some of these does you know they're they got a fawn with them still a really young fawn from this year so um you know there's there's definitely a lot of variables and like unfortunately you know we all wish we could breed as as many females as we want but it yep. just doesn't happen right <laughs> you're not gonna one buck's not gonna come down and breed 30 females i mean yeah. <laughs> you know you know, so yeah, you definitely, they definitely do. You find, find the does, find them, but you got to also remember too that, you know, just because there's a lot of does down low doesn't mean that there's a lot of does or there's not some does still left up yeah. high. So that's a good point it, for sure. Exactly. And we, and, and then the one year we found there, we got one of those early snowfalls. It was early November, probably about six years ago, um, talking like three feet of snow. Um, and they got a whole bunch of action early November. Um, and then all the tracks, they all left, they all went up high, like all the buck tracks. It's like the yeah. bucks came down, did a little bit of work and then like, oh, we're heading back and they were all moving back to the high country in that deep snow. So yeah. you kind of got to, you know, put some boots to the ground is important, but it's also good to cruise roads and to see, you know, look for tracks, transitional areas where, you know, the deer are moving up and down and just see where they're going and then get back to wherever you think they're going to be hanging out. Right. Yeah, for sure. Cause no matter what time of the year you're looking for, like, or I'm sorry, no matter what the elevation is or what the weather's doing come the rut those bucks are doing you know they're they got one thing on their mind and it you know you know they're not really thinking all the snow's too deep but uh, i know like if you're targeting bigger bucks that that's the key is you got to get up a little higher they like to be where they feel safe they like to be in that thick nasty just rugged stuff yeah um but yeah uh man yeah like i said I, i i don't chase them as much as i used to this time of the year just because it's just you get in that thick stuff and with that snow and you got you know you got a stick and string in your hand it just it's hard to get a lane um well and it's noisy like you get that crunchy snow and man and it's tough you know yeah, i like snow sure. you like to build, build a track deer but you start pushing timbers that's why i like the open stuff you can kind of get it with the with the rifles kind of nice right you can you can glass you can still keep your distance they feel a little safe um yeah. the does aren't spooky you know bucks if it bucks with a doe too he won't leave if you can keep her safe he'll he'll stick around but yeah for sure yeah, and that's one thing too is like you know those those bucks they put themselves in in places where they know that they're safe. That's why they like that you know those areas that are thick and rugged and nasty because they can hear really well. They can see you know anything going in there, any predator going in there, it's going to be yeah. making noise, right? So yeah, um, yeah, that it, it's like fresh snow is not bad for moving around, but man, you get some snow and then it freezes, man, good right. luck. Yeah, I know it's. It's crunchy it's noisy every step you're just going man <laughs> how yeah. am i gonna find something here right yeah but, so so do you guys focus on fresh water at all in this time of the year 
you know, I've never really paid attention to water sources. I, I, I it's probably something good to think about too, because deer still got to eat too, food and water. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone concentrates on just trying to find, you know, find the does, find the bucks. But it, when it's cold out, they got to eat. They got to, they got to survive, right? Even in the rut. So definitely good to find food sources and water sources for absolutely. What kind of work are you guys doing? Like, are you guys doing? Sorry, are you guys doing any work in September? I should say. Um, well, this has been my challenge is that, um, you know, watching you guys and listening to you guys all this elk hunting gets me pretty pumped and I'm, uh, mm-hmm. stepping away from my muleys and it's, it's hard. I, I got this passion for mule deer and I did a caribou hunt a couple of years ago. I did much elk hunting this year. Um, and I, I love it. It's fun, but man, my mind is still going. I got that buck on camera. He was on camera August 31st and I'm not going to see him till October. I'm like, what am I doing? I should be chasing him. You know what I mean? Um, and in the past we have stayed back. Um, but I find you got a good, you know, a good week of September. That first week's yeah. really good, 10th to 20th. Um, and then it's tough. Like it, the odds just go down, right? Mm-hmm. So I'd rather be chasing elk and trying to fill the freezer or something else and um, get back to muleys when it's later. But yeah, for those running muleys, for sure. I, I found, I found like, you know, the early season, I'd like that September 1st is really good because, you, you know, you can, they're going to be doing, like you can watch in middle of August, which is nice because they're going to be doing the same thing in middle of August that they're going to be doing September 1st. And, yeah. you know, they're kind of really easy. They're not going to be out during the day, but, you know, if there's a food source, man, you can pretty much guarantee that you're going to see them right before dark. So yeah, um, the only thing is, you know, when it's that dry, again, you you know, um, you got a lot of chance of getting busted just because everything's so Crunchy, so dry, melting. so dirty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, you know, there's not a lot of water around. Not, not there's not a lot of places that they're going to go where they don't, where they're going to be vulnerable. Yeah, during the day, especially anyway. a big buck. Yeah, yeah, especially a big buck. Um, but you know, like that's one thing you kind of have to sacrifice, and that you know, like I've never seen big quality bucks down a little lower like mid valley bucks or like these bottom bucks never seen i mean other than these ones floating around town here but you never see you never see the high quality the high caliber bucks in those two ranges as you do the high alpine bucks 100 yeah alpines get tougher though i think these deer are getting smart you know predators there's lots of wolves around the province and um you know our trail cameras tell us that there's deer there um but you go out in the alpine and we glass sometimes in summer we're not even seeing the deer in the middle of the summer anymore so um but they're there they're feeding at night they're right right in the timberline come out so i think they're just getting a little more a little smarter which makes them hard to hunt um because that alpine man is it's it's fine when you can get in the alpine and glass deer in the alpine it's it's that's pretty much as good as it gets but yeah for sure but that's the thing i mean exactly what to your point there if they're not coming out for you to look at them yeah you're just staring at trees and enjoying the sunshine right so yeah yeah exactly yeah. yeah yeah no doubt yeah i've definitely noticed you know, with all the logging, a lot of clear cuts, these forest fires too, clearing, burning a lot of stuff that, uh, yeah, um, you know, towards the end there, I wasn't seeing them, definitely not seeing them nearly as much as I was at the beginning. It was kind of like when I first started getting into that high stuff, I was like, man, you could go out and, you know, you, you find a spot that you know holds me in there and it's like, bang, there's going to be mule deer there every time because yeah. it's everything they need. But yeah. then you know you start getting yeah you start getting more forest fires more predators moving into areas you know that aren't burned you start congregating to these thicker areas that yeah the mule deer they just seem to they seem to stay hidden for sure they like they like to be in areas where they where they're not vulnerable yeah 
Absolutely. I had a a buddy as part of a coloring um, project down in Lytton and they uh, colored some deer down there. And it was really interesting. They had a doe that would move from the, down from the Fraser up to the high country and she would avoid every cut block. She hit the timberline and she never, ever exposed herself a doe. Um, And it kind of was like an interesting lesson to go, you know, what are these deer doing? Like that deer is adapted to something Uh spooked her at some point for whatever reason. Um, And she's just completely changed her habits. And that's, that's an unhuntable deer in my opinion, almost right. A deer that never, never, never exposes itself. It makes it a really tough animal to hunt. Um, So yeah, well, and and that's a good point because, you know, you think of that and like, that's just one instant, you know, a lot of these deer, a lot of these bucks, a lot, especially a lot of the bucks that do spend, a lot of time up in that high alpine i mean they can be experiencing the same thing right whether it's getting shot at once or twice or um just just being vulnerable being out in the open pretty pretty much you're exposed to everything you're exposed to wolves you know bears everything so yeah right on man so what uh what kind of hunt what kind of hunt uh you doing on your second trip um, yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, I kind of got two hunts planned. We're kind of got an, an area where we can hunt some open country and some timbers. So I'm looking forward to the timbers. That's where uh, we got some big bucks on camera. So I'm going to go poke into there a bit. Um, and the other area we, we were hunting has been a bit more pressure last few years, but there, the big bucks are still there. It's kind of funny. Sometimes you get these areas and you kind of, you know, see a couple of wall tents set up down low and you go, oh man, there's guys everywhere. And, but same thing, you just put a little bit of boots to the ground and they're there. The bucks are still there. They're, you know, they're yeah they're not going to go far and, and you, yeah for sure and you find that a lot of places too where there's a lot of road access yeah. um if you, if you can get off you know get your feet dirty a little bit you're going to find you know you're going to find these bucks they're, they're going to be kind of funneled down into areas where you know they're going to stay away from danger they're, or not necessarily danger but just the road noise and stuff the stuff that they don't like and especially these big these bigger bucks if that's what you're targeting they're definitely yeah. not, they're definitely not going to be where people are. Yeah. And then sometimes the roads can be a benefit. You can, um, you talk about e-scouting. We, I do a lot of e-scouting. I, okay. I live on my phone. Yeah. And it's, 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 uh, it's awesome for me, but it's also, unfortunately, everyone else is doing the same thing, but yeah, uh, we find some big ridges where two roads are parallel in a big ridge. Um, and you know, guys are cruising those roads, those deer, does and bucks, they just pile into those ridges. And sometimes you find the pocket. Oh man, there's just so many deer. Everyone's cruising around. Like, yeah, nothing moving today. I'm like, oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. I've seen 50 deer in the two east today kind of thing. Right. Like they're just pocketed in there. So, yeah. So that's one thing. Is that one thing you guys kind of talk or, or target when there's a lot of pressure? You guys are just 100%. We look at we look on Google Earth and we kind of know, you know, we know where we see deer in the summer. We know where we scout yeah. deer. Um, and then we kind of, some of the areas where we know they're transitioning, um, you just find those pockets where the roads aren't. And the deer are always there. It's like clockwork. Um, yeah. You know, they're going to move from the high down low and you can find an area, you know, there's roads there. Um, you find those spots where the, like you said, where the deer can hide and they're they're usually always in there. So. Yeah, for sure. So if you guys are going to an area, you know, like with these forest fires, you guys have been scouting this area. Um, you know, unfortunately, a forest fire rolled through and it burned up your whole scout. Like it just ruined your whole scouting area. Yeah. All It's all gone. Now you're basically at scratch for the rut. What kind of areas would you be looking for? Yeah, so that's the thing is I've always kind of, I, I do a lot of scouting. I always got... I'd say four to five spots at all times because I just 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 I'm always have a choice of choice to go to right yeah um, and I kind of like to find a balance I like I like deactivated um old cut blocks are still still in my blood to go go hunt those old cut blocks and see what's moving around right yeah um as long as I got a good deactivated road or something I got some spots where I know I can go in there and see some deer um and with and with the burns I I'll go I'll go look at a new burn you know the second year after a burn I'll go in there and and have a look um 
some of these burns are, they're pretty nice after, you know, yeah. a couple of years, they green up quick. I, as long as they don't go in there and log it all and, and put too many roads in, but. Yeah, for sure. And I find too, with the, with the burns, if you're going to work a burn, that's when it's good to check out, you know, look on whatever app you're running Onyx or whatever you're running Google earth. If you, if you're in an area where you get a lot of sun, like where, you know, you are, I am, if it's a South facing slope, it's going to be scorched for like, it's going to take a long time for that, but for, to get any vegetation in there. Oh yeah. Um, exactly. So if you're going to, if you're going to look for those burns, yeah, definitely do a little bit of homework first. Cause you, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to focus on that, it's definitely, you know, I, I know this one burn, man, it burned in 2013, I think. And it's just finally starting to, you know, starting to throw, throw some vegetation there just because yeah. it, it just gets scorched. I mean, you get like, you get these 30 degree, um, days that we have you know for months on end yeah. it's just you know and that's a south facing slope where it's getting sun for pretty much all day it's, yeah. it's going to take a long time for that for anything to grow back that's going to be beneficial to the deer yeah and then we've had the opposite where um we've had a couple of the burns we hunted that were fantastic and now they're too thick you can't hunt them they're oh, just great right? yeah, yeah yeah it's um you know some of that just the north facing which is great yeah. um but they just, it, the, the weeds just grew back too tall and too thick and now it's uh, yeah, we don't I, see the deer time. I don't think the deer are there either but so yeah. it's fine but yeah there's kind of that fine line where where it sits right where it's like and that's one thing with with um with those burns yeah man sometimes they grow in thick sometimes they grow in a lot thicker than they were yeah so, yeah you definitely got to do your homework there for sure um, yeah, but uh, yeah. Uh, the other thing is with those burns is if you can find some live live timbers, you know, some big drainages coming out with some live timbers mixed in with the burn. Um, that, uh, oh yeah, I find it's a, it's a, been a recipe for success for us for sure. Yeah, so no doubt. yeah, yeah. What kind of uh, what kind of areas are you guys looking? Do, like, do you do a lot? Do you do any post rut hunting? Because I know, like in the region you're in, man, you can hunt there till December fifth, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, our season's yeah uh, December tenth when rifle closes. Um, and then in region three anyways, and then it's pretty yeah. much done. Um, I don't do a lot. Um, we're, uh, we're ice fishing fanatics too. So as soon as that, oh, hard yeah, water, yeah. uh, it's usually, it's usually perfect timing. So it's usually the tent hits and then we're, uh, yeah, the guns in the case and the ice tent comes out and we're, we're on the ice. So yeah, it's too bad. Pete couldn't make it tonight. He's a, he's an ice fish junkie too. So yeah, yeah no, it's fun. Yeah, no, he, he says it's a lot of fun. He's, uh, He's still looking for his moose, but uh, he's he's been sending me some pictures of some mule deer he's got on his camera. So he's getting pretty. He's getting the Get mule deer bugs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that'll happen. Yeah, we've got a few moose draws in November, and we, we we've been successful. But yeah, you don't put quite the time in knowing that you know it's the rut, right? So yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, the rut's the big one, and and uh, you know I was just out last weekend too, and like this time, you know we had some good weather. It was cold in the morning. And, uh, yeah, we, we were starting to see, you know, the bucks sizing each other up, just the smaller ones. We didn't see any, we didn't see any, you know, the, the higher caliber bucks yet, but I mean, they're out there, but again, you know, we weren't, uh, we weren't targeting the high, high stuff, but it, you know, it's only a matter of time till, till those ones come down a little bit anyway, where, you yeah. know, you can get to them or, uh, or they come down, you know, once in a while you see that once in a while you'll see, you know, you'll see one of them make an appearance and you're like, Whoa. Where, where's that guy? Where did yeah, he come yeah. from? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the other side of it too, is um, every area is different. So like this new area we're hunting, we kind of stumbled upon it and we're lucky. The deer are there. They hang out there. We got them on camera year round. Yeah. Um, 
but we've never had this before. Like a lot of the other areas of hunt, we got a September spot um, and the deer, they vanish. Like it's like a, no, without even snow, they just leave. And I don't know why, um, but a lot of these high spots, they move down and they're just transitional. Right. And then we have the lower spots where we can go find them. Um, so when you're, you know, when you're scouting and hunting these areas, you kind of do, it's nice to know, um, to be in there year round, just to see what the deer are doing, just to know their habits and when they're going to be there. Like you can yeah. find sheds in there and think they're going to be there and they're not, they don't show up till um, December, January. we got some areas yeah. where they come late, late. So yeah, you find yeah. sheds, but they're just not there in the rut. I don't know where they are still up high and middle mid range or whatever, but. Yeah. That's one thing too. I found with shed hunting, it used to frustrate me. And like, I never did a lot of it, but you find sheds in area like, okay, like there's going to be, you know, this is, this is where I'm going to put through some trail cameras up and this is where I'm going to yeah. come mule deer hunting. And like, you never see them. Yeah, like, where, where like, are they? The, yeah, where, where are they? And then you start, you know, you start to figure them out. And you're like, okay, well, obviously they're not here. They're just coming through. Like maybe, you know, they're they're obviously doing their, their rutting and then they're moving through after. And then, yeah. you know, in the spring, they're kind of transitioning into some most likely going up high and then kind of doing, repeating that cycle. Yeah. Uh, but man, yeah, I mean, I, I found some pretty, pretty fantastic sheds, but it's like, wow. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, in the same thing every year, you kind of go in there and, you know, I take the kids in there once in a while now and just because I know there's going to be sheds in there. But, um, yeah. yeah, I don't do a lot of it. I kind of save my days for for hunting days and scouting days when it gets a little closer. Yeah, well, I know my, my work life's been busier this last couple of years, so not quite as much time as I used to because I used to just be a, a fanatic out there for sheds. It's pretty exciting <laughs> when you stumble upon a good shed out there. It's like... Oh, yeah. Like Easter egg, you're looking for an Easter egg, right? Just yeah, man. Yeah, so it's time yeah, sticking out of the grass. So yeah, it's pretty incredible too. You find some of those, and you're like, man, you know, the chances of of actually stumbling across a shed is yeah. uh it's it's you know it's pretty especially in BC because BC is not like you know you look at the guys that go shedding in Alberta and Saskatchewan and even like down in some of the states there, you know, it's a lot different topography than than uh, BC. I mean, it's just BC gets it just, it just gets thick, like it's thick and nasty yep. and it's, it's really tough, especially like you get up in the higher elevation. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, you got, you got kids. Yep. Yeah. So I got two daughters that hunt and, uh, you know, that's, they're just, just, um, above 18 now. So, um, that first 10 days, you said, you know, for bow hunting there for you, oh man, we've had some fun youth hunts. It's been yeah. you know, 10 years strong almost that we've had a youth hunt and it's, we look forward to it every year. It's a blast. Yeah. You know, if anyone has kids that's listening, uh, man, it is just, oh, it's so rewarding, you know, to get your, and same thing to do the scouting and have an area going, okay, we, we're seeing all kinds of bucks all summer. We go there the first weekend and there they are. Right. Yeah. And then I got my girls passing up, you know, little bucks wanting to get bigger bucks like dad and and uh and then sometimes getting getting skunked the rest of the season because they let they let a few go and then they don't uh <laughs> don't end up getting one but yeah well that's good though because they got to understand that that's all part of it too man that's one thing about chasing big bucks is you have to be prepared to eat your tag yeah you gotta you know i mean yeah uh, you put enough time in but unfortunately you know the rust rut doesn't last forever so it's very limited and then when you get into this time of the year you're limited on access because you know man you can get a freak you can get a freak snowstorm yeah um you know fog a lot depending on what elevation you're hunting at you're dealing with fog you know um there's a lot to it so yeah man you definitely you definitely got to be prepared to eat a tag and it sucks it's tough it's uh that's one thing i definitely noticed hunting down a little lower my success rate went up but the quality went down a bit not getting those big 
those big crankers that you're getting. Yeah. Well, and, and I've, I've been pretty lucky. I, uh, um, I'm going 20, I think it's 25 years and I've never, uh, I've never had to eat in a tag. I've always shot a buck. So oh, that's I, good, I man. That's a good record, man. That's a good track but, but record. But then again, I've shot some younger bucks that I, you know, I wouldn't yeah. have shot on opening day. So, you know, I, I, it's not that I'm shooting it to keep my streak going. I just, you know, you're middle November and you just, you have the right moment, the right experience. And you yeah, you're just, you're feeling it. Right. And then it's, yeah. you know, you take a buck down, but yeah. Do you find, uh, you like, that later season you're still seeing the quality that you're seeing you know rut peak rut yeah i i think i haven't figured out so i i like the first week i was i was really enjoying that first week in november i find the deer are out moving more um the pre-rut i call it right they're yeah yeah looking for goals we were just seeing so many bucks and then um it kind of switched we weren't having as much luck early season and then we started going kind of that remembrance day weekend you know going into the 20th and that's kind of been which i think is probably the peak rut and we've Uh been having lots of luck doing that um yeah some years some years are different some areas are different i know fun sometimes you take a whole week off and then it just doesn't work out right yeah yeah for sure i mean it's just uh It'd be nice if it was, you know, specific data on the calendar where it's like, oh, that's the time to go. That's when I'm going to be yeah. there. But yeah, I've uh, I've definitely found more success, like just seeing bucks, seeing more bucks, yeah. not necessarily bigger bucks, but just seeing more bucks, more buck activity right before right before the rut, like, yeah, you know, like picking up picking up on their scent. And uh, yeah, we used to be we used to be heavy into you know end of October, very early November that you'd start seeing that, but it seems to have been transitioning now to a little bit later. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and I don't know why. I think it's weather related myself. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I know the rut's not related to weather, um, but I find it's been warmer. And I think yeah. just the cold weather just gets the deer moving. Right. Yeah. So, you know, you get that minus 15 and just the deer, all the deer, when the does, the bucks. And so as soon as that cold hits, it just seems like you get a cold day where it's minus 20 and everyone's hunkered inside and I'm throwing on the jacket going, I'm getting out there because I, I know what I'm about yeah, to man. experience, right? They're going to yeah. be up there, they're going to be moving all day long. So, Yeah, and those are those are the days when it's best to hunt, like you said. I know, And there's a lot less guys out when the temp. as soon as the temperatures hit anything sub below zero, you're going to yep. see a lot less guys. Even, you know, a little bit of, little bit of snow where guys, you know, they just don't want to deal with getting stuck and getting cold and being wet and being miserable but man that's that's some of the best hunting you're ever going to have for mule deer yeah especially in the boots that's other thing is a lot of guys will get out and crank the heater on and cruise which is which is fun too um but those are the days where there's not a lot of guys getting out and those are the days where you can you know get off that main road and you know no one else is pushing timbers or or you know hiking into a big block somewhere or something and and uh yeah they usually do pretty good so yeah. So when you get, when you're pushing, when you're pushing this bush, you're just doing still hunting, moving slow, looking for scrapes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm a mover. Like I, I, I can't sit in a tree stand or blind. I've tried, I got an hour max and I just, I'm a pretty impatient guy. I just, my brain starts going and, you know, playing tricks on me and what's over the next ridge. Yeah, and that's yeah. uh, so why I like to move all day kind of thing. I move pretty slow, but, um, but I, I move constantly, just constantly moving in glass and even in the timbers, mm-hmm. you know, taking the trees apart, looking for a face, looking at you. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. And, yeah. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, I haven't had too much luck killing a buck in the timber. I do a lot of timber hunting and I see deer, um, but I ends up, it usually ends up happening somewhere out in the open or, you know, yeah. I'll catch a buck on a knoll somewhere where there is a clearing. And uh, that's usually where it ends up happening. But Right. You ever do any rattling for mule deer? Um, not in a long time. We used to do a lot of rattling in October and be, we were actually really successful with it. Really? Yeah. Um, never killed anything big though. So if, um, this new area we're hunting, where we're not having any luck. I'm going to try it this, this next, this week coming up, I'm going to get in that fixed up where I know he's living and I'm going to, I'm just going to see if he'll make an appearance. Hopefully. 
Yeah, for sure. You know, and in the past too, we've we've had success too. And there's a lot of snow just walking the roads, looking for where those deer are crossing, and then just following fresh tracks, just going yep. really slow. Um, you know, eventually you're going to come across, you know, a rub or something on a tree where you know that mule deer is just making his making his mark. And uh, even just like rubbing trees in the bush too, we've had we've had bucks come you know check it out they're just curious like you get into that thick stuff where you know they had nobody wants to go um they're definitely skittish but at that time of the year when the rut's on and they're thinking about you know they're only thinking about one thing um they're definitely tend to be a little bit more curious and you can definitely catch them off guard absolutely and we've actually had luck with good luck with the um a doe bleed getting does to come in and then oh, the bucks really? fall. Yeah. yeah. So we got one called the Camere deer. You can't buy it anymore. We can't find it anywhere. Um, but we got one left. <laughs> so my one partner's Don't got it. He won't share it. <laughs> but we we've called we've called deer, you know, a kilometer across a gorge. He'll let a few things go and they just they come running like the really? does do. And then yeah, then the bucks of course follow suit, right? Yeah, so yeah, for sure. A bit of a backwards tactic where you're not calling the buck, you're calling the does, but if they're uh if there's a buck with them, he's following, right? So yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I know. I know guys tried that tactic for whitetail and it works. So, yeah. I mean, uh, I've never tried it myself, but I mean, you know, if it works for one, why wouldn't it work for the other? But that's a good point. And it comes down to hunting this time of the year is it's kind of the same thing, man. You find, you find the does, you find the, you find the bucks and um, yeah, you, if you're seeing lots of does, lots of, you know, just kind of watch them too. Like watch what they're doing. There might be some that are going up high you know, if they're taking off, you're sitting there watching them and they're taking off high first, you know, then it might be worth investigating something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Cool, man. Well, um, did your kids get anything this year? Nothing yet. No, I'm actually, I think I'm going to bring my daughter out tomorrow. She's got a day off of work. So I'm going to, nice. yeah, she got last year. She wanted to go out in the rut and chase the snow. And our first year we got one. She's got some pretty good horseshoes. I mean, when me and her go out, something usually uh, happens. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm hoping tomorrow something might happen, but yeah, that's good, man. Yeah, I uh, my so my oldest is eleven, so this is the second year hunting. Yeah, right on. So awesome. we, we hunted hard last year for mule deer. Um, yeah, he ended up getting one on the ninth, I think. Yeah, right on. Awesome. So it was, uh, it was pretty good. It was a lot of fun. So and this yeah. year he got one early. He was he was actually he was actually tagged out like by September tenth. But awesome. you know he he get, he gets those early. He he's a youth, so he gets the youth draws, right? So, yeah, you know, um, and and you know, for him, he's happy. He got a, his first white tail, a two two by two, and he got a second meal deer, which was still in velvet. Yeah, um, nice. which I I was like, uh, you know, I still I've yet to get um a velvet meal deer, and now him and I are looking for a few different things in meal deer. So I mean, yeah. he's, he's he's shooting a two point. Uh, I'm definitely not looking for a two point in, in velvet, but uh, man, it's a lot of fun to get the kids out though. It is. It's so much fun. It's rewarding. And then they're, they're so excited and yeah, and it's fun. It's fun hunting. It's nice weather. You know, the bugs are just, bugs have just disappeared and it's uh, yeah. depending on where you are, they're, what their temperature is going to bit cooler if you get high enough, but you know, where we are, it's still pretty, pretty hot during the day, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you guys going to be just same thing, targeting the higher areas, high elevation. Yeah. Yeah, I got, I got. I think I got a spot tomorrow where I want to go glass. I've seen some deer over the last few weeks, so I'll probably go in there and just spend the day glassing and hopefully yeah. see some on the opposing ridge and then make a plan. And it's always fun when you can see something before and make a plan and go after it, right? So yeah, that's the best. I mean, stock and stock is by far the funnest. You know, is the most for for myself, anyways. Is the yeah. uh, is you know 
the pit. Yeah, well, no pressure, right? You don't have the high pressure where, yeah. you know, when something happens really fast, you got to make a decision fast and the blood's going and it's, yeah. you know, it's still exciting. You know, it's, that's still a rush, but when you can just take a second and kind of make a plan and take your time, it's, oh man, it's, it's fun. Yeah. And I find my success okay. rate definitely is a lot higher for, for when you're doing hunts like that, because you can be cool and composed. I mean, like just driving down the road and a, and a big buck hops, hops out, you're like, like, good luck. Yeah. Like, it, it's, oh Yeah. Now we got stories of coffee cups flying out the window and bags falling out and gun cases hitting <laughs> dirt and just stuff everywhere. Just get out, right? Yeah. And yeah. Then usually, usually it doesn't happen. Usually the deer's looking at you guys like you're crazy, and then by the time you get out, he's takes three steps and he's gone. But yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean those are the places where you know you can you you see when it across across a ridge line and you know you have time too. I mean, yeah, you know that's uh, I mean this this type of the time of the year they're definitely more active all day than they are but i mean if you're hunting them early on in the season you know if you you see one if you glass across a um, hillside and you see him you know he's going to be laid down he's not going to go far throughout the day it's just too hot so i mean you can definitely yeah. you can definitely make a plan to target him and it's uh yeah it, it's tons of fun but uh yeah uh it's going to be good I, I i hope you guys uh hope you guys get some some toad this year it should be a lot of fun hunting yeah, around. We, saw one last, we saw one last week we went for a little scout of our area a little pre-scout and uh my buddy went for a walk and he, he, he caught one of our bucks he, he saw him about 30 really? seconds yeah and he went after him in the timbers and he, he could see him moving through the trees and then a little three by two walked out and busted the whole thing out and, and that was it he lost lost his chance at him but but he saw him so that was the first time we've seen one of these you know mature bucks that we've had on camera in, in person so so he's there and he was there last week so yeah no, so he's how, how how long like do you find right now that uh, the smaller bucks are still tagging along with the bigger bucks or they're, they're booting? Them yeah, up? it's, it's weird. I think it's d- definitely changes area to area, but um, yeah, we, we do notice bucks together this time of year. And I, I don't, I don't know why that is. It's, it's strange. Usually early October they're scrapping and they're kind of splitting up. Right. But yeah, we noticed that too. We were out last weekend and we noticed a lot of that, like where the, there's bigger bucks and then the small ones were just tagging along. And then, you know, they kind of, they kind of play around and and you know spar a little bit. I don't know if it's a confidence booster for the big bucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're always winning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. As long as they can kick the shit out of one thing, so that's yeah, right. Cool, dude. Well, thanks for hopping on the show, man. It's been yeah, uh, no, it's, it's fun been, been fun chatting about meal deer. Absolutely. Uh, best always of luck in the season. Deer, so. yeah, yeah, you too. Luck out there. Yeah. Um, where can uh, people follow you and see what you're up to? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram, uh, Muley Crazy. Um, it's um, M-U-L-I-E, Crazy I-E. And um, yeah, it's always fun. I've, I've really enjoyed Instagram. It's a pretty, pretty fun place just to see like-minded people and post pictures. And sure, it gets you pumped when you see guys posting big bucks. It gets you more pumped. And yeah, I think it's important. It's kind of a double, it's, it's definitely a double-edged sword, uh, social media. It's great. And it's like, fuck, man, like you got to, you got to, you gotta, you gotta watch what you're posting for sure. You gotta, take, you gotta take, watch what you're posting, but yeah, and and balance too, man. You gotta yeah, you gotta have absolutely. some time for sure. Yeah. Okay, buddy. Absolutely. It's been uh awesome. it's been a slice. Yeah, talk to you later. Yeah, have a good day. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern, presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. 
On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at that, Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.